Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Ooh, let's give it up. Love the City Week. Love the City Week is such an awesome opportunity um, to just like everything that Ryan said and everything that Jerome said in the video that we get to put our hands to work in this place that we live, this place that we love. Um, I remember last year for Love the City Week, um, we there it was amazing. Jerome and a few others came came to my classroom and we kind of just planned it out because. They're like, well, how, you know, we strongly believe um, do for one what you wish you could do for all. So they wish they could decorate every teacher's classroom. But I was the chosen one. And I got my classroom decorated. Spent about $3,000 tearing stuff down, painting things, furniture. Um, it was so amazing that the kids from last year came in and they were like, what? Miss Bicey, how come we didn't get all of this? And I'm like, sorry, guys, it's better with time. It's not my fault. I was chosen. Um, and so, yeah, you, it, it's because of Love the City Week and because of giving and, and really uh, putting, putting the pedal to the metal that this is able to happen. And we even had some of the MSU athletics come in, athletes in action come in, and they worked on uh, this one part of, it was like a garden area that the kids would walk past every time they go to lunch or if they were coming to and from class. And they, it was, I mean, it was a hot mess, okay? Kind of looks like what my backyard looks like right now. But it was like, I'm talking grass, weeds. It hadn't been touched. And um, a few athletes along with, of course, people, volunteers from City Life came in and just made it look so beautiful. And, and so if you want, if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, jump in. Um, and it, it, you go in thinking like, man, I want to help. I want to help. I want to do something. I want to bless others. I want to put, put my hands to work. And then you come back realizing like, dang, I just learned a lot, you know, because you're hearing these stories and you're making all these connections and, and you're praying for people and you're sharing your story with them. And so it's just this wonderful interaction that I really encourage you to be a part of. It's awesome. Please do it. All right. Um, I am Christy. Hi, and I'm, we're wrapping up the Forever Me series. Hasn't it been amazing, the Forever Me series? If you've, if you've heard all of them, if you've heard none of them, if this is your first time here, today is still for you. God has you here for a purpose. And if you want to hear, hear them, just like we said earlier on the app, download that app, listen to them. I got to re-listen to the first one last night because that was the one that like shook me. Right? When I say shook me, I mean it was like, I don't know, it was kind of like a slap in the face almost. Or just like a wake-up call where I began this journey of like identity, right? And knowing who I am and who God says he, who God says he is. And we even had a moment where we got to spend a little time in worship and we had paper and pen um, or pencil for some. And we wrote who God says we are. And I remember Jerome also saying, oh, well, it's, you know, oftentimes we like to cop out and be like, oh, no, let, let me tell you what God says about you. And I struggled in that moment where I was like, oh, yeah, it is easier to talk about what God thinks about someone else. Because you don't really, their mistakes aren't as upfront as yours are in your head. You know, it's easier, sometimes it's easier to forgive other people than it is ourselves, you know? And so naturally I started writing identity statements about my kids and who they are. And then, and then, I, then I started getting more comfortable writing about myself because I think it was like maybe the fourth, fourth or fifth sermon and it was like it was time for me to, you know, really start listening and hearing who God said I was. 
Um, and, and so just back to the first sermon, I remember standing and at the end of service with this question in my head of who am I? Who am I? Like, where did I lose it? And I really, you know, oftentimes we like to define ourselves or we like to link our identity with things that we do or things that we've accomplished. So for me, I was always really good in school. I I went to Michigan State. I was in the Honors College all all five years. Go green. Go wine. (laughs) Graduated. um, And so, you know, I always saw myself as Christy, the smart one, the one who was good at academics, the one who excelled. Well, then... After that, I, I got married while I was in college, and so I went from Christy, the academic genius, if you will, to Christy, the wife. And then shortly after, I went from Christy, the wife, to Christy, the mom. It was during my teaching internship um, where I had Shiloh, who was amazing, and I put her in daycare, and I had to finish school. So it was Christy, the college student, the one who excelled at academics, to Christy, the wife, to Christy, the mom, and then Christy, the teacher. So oftentimes when I come up here, and if I'm doing announcements, I always say, I'm Christy, I'm a mom, and I'm a teacher. And then sometimes I'll even say what happened a little further down the line was I went from Christy, the mom, the teacher, to Christy, the single mom. Christy, the victim of domestic violence. Christy, who am I? And so at the beginning of that series, I just was like, whoa, I don't think I know who I am. And so I was like, I got to take action. I really felt like God was calling me into this just intimate space where he's like, hey, it's the summer. You got some time off. You're not thinking about 26 kids and then getting home late and, and taking care of your own kids. And just, you know, I had some time to chill and relax a little bit. And, and so I feel like God really wanted to use that to kind of download who he says I am. And so my first step was I got off social media because I'm the type that I get on and boom, comparison happens. Boom. Oh, she had a baby. Oh, they got married. When am I going to get married? Oh, when am I going to have a baby? Oh, oh, my God. Look at her outfit. Oh, her hair. And then you start getting on Pinterest. Anybody do that? I do that. How are they? Oh my gosh, look at her hair color. That's so nice. Let me do my, let me see what I'm going to get done to my hair. And I just compare myself and compare. And then I start looking at what they have and what I don't have. And Steve Furtick says we, we're comparing ourselves. We're p- comparing our behind the scenes to their highlight reel. And so I felt like God was saying, you know, I'm going to take a break from social media. Really focus in on, on God and, and just this relationship right here. And so after that smoke screen was kind of taken away, um, I started reading this book that Jerome had referenced called God Has a Name by John Mark Comer. And he even used this quote by A.W. Tozer, and it says, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so then it went from a question of who am I when I started reading that book to a question, is, question of, well, who is he? You know, after you've been saved for so long, you kind of get into this pattern of like, oh, I know God. I know this is what's happened in my life. I know who God is. I know. But I'm like, do I really know who God is? Because if if this guy is saying 
what comes into our mind about God is the most important thing about us. Well, then what? Like, I think God is awesome. He's, he's wonderful. He's amazing. And I don't really think that about myself all the time because I know what my circumstances are. And so I asked myself that question. I said, what does come into my mind when I think about God? And I have the book on my phone and I'm taking notes and I saw, I, I reflected and I wrote down, and this is just transparency. God is big. He is scary. He's fair. And because he is fair, the things that are happening to me are all due to something I'm doing wrong. And that's what I honestly felt about God. So I lived in this like negative realm of, oh, this, all the bad things are happening to me. And it was because of my view of who God was. And of course, later in the book, you learn that you, we live in a world of sin and we're actually blessed to be in relationship with someone who can take our bad and turn it around and work it out, just like it says in Romans. And so that was the first thing I thought. And then the second thing was, I know in my head God is gracious and compassionate, but do I believe it with my heart? And there was a part in the book where I could really relate to the author because he talked about how, how he's just quick. He's not compassionate and gracious like God is. How he's hard on himself and hard on others and not quick to forgive, not quick to give grace. I was raised where, oh, you did, it, you did a good job, but you could do better. That I wasn't good enough. That I, I, I couldn't celebrate the wins because I was so focused on what could I do better, what could I do better, what could I do better. And so that led to this, this journey of continuing to who is God so I can know who I am. And this is how God, when he first reveals his self, his name, everything that he is to Moses in Exodus, the scripture says this, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but who, by, who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So I was stuck on that last half, right? God's judgment, God's judgment, God's judgment. But he doesn't even say that first. It says he's slow to anger and he's compassionate. And so it was in that moment where I was like, you know, my identity is tied to Christ. So ultimately, what am I saying? Before we can know who we are and who God says we are, we have to know who he is. It's because our identity is tied to him. If you make something for a specific purpose, you're going to know what it's supposed to do. If you're the inventor, you're the one who gets to stand and proclaim what it is that that, that tool or that item, that invention is made to do. Well, God is our maker. He's our creator. And so he knows us intimately, and he's the only one who can tell us who we are. But how can we do that unless we know who he is? He said we're made in his image and his likeness. And so if God is slow to anger and compassionate and gracious, then that's what, that's what I am. But what else am I, God? And so we kind of got into that. And today you're going to get to hear a few people share their identity statements. I'm going to invite them out right now. And just listen in on, on their conversation with God and I remember as I struggled writing my own identity statement listening to the identity statements of others helped me in this way where I was like well dang God loves us all equally right he doesn't love that person more than he loves the other so if God feels this deeply about this person then he must feel this way about me. And hopefully that'll inspire you to really seek and see who it is that God says that you are because you're uniquely made in his image and his likeness. All right, we're going to start with Kathy. Kathy. 
the cool one? Uh, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> um, okay, so I'll just start with mine. He calls me Kathy, a new creation formed in my mother's womb, set apart his faithful servant, his daughter. I'm the hurdle jumper who finds purpose in my pain, the one who paces in the race that God has already won. I'm created to laugh, learn, grow, and lead strong, living out a life from a place of being loved only by him. I'm nowhere near worthy, nor will I ever be, but yet I'm given grace and mercy. I'm the one who says, send me, a living vessel who wants to be used for his glory. He calls me a broken instrument, ready to play a beautiful song, one whose arms are open to receive, not, not defined by the world, but to reflect the character of my Abba Father. I'm forever me. I am loved by God, Christopher the Christ bearer. I am the son of the king. I am the encourager of the discouraged, the joy of every moment, the speaker and the seeker. I tend the garden of hope and deliverance. I see a life of serving, able to get beyond perceptions and walking in faith. I dream of becoming completely emptied and filled with the Holy Spirit, becoming and being Jesus. I won't stop until he makes all things new. I'm Tina. I'm in a, uh, first service, I got one word in and started crying, so we'll see how far I get. I am chosen. I am a worshiper created to sing songs of deliverance. My joy is not found in earthly things, but in the one who made me. I am compassionate. I am anointed, not because I sing well, but because the maker of music has anointed me. I am empathetic and cry with others. I am passionate about ministry, loving people, and loving my family. I am a wife called to encourage and support my husband in all God's called him to do. I am a mother who will continue to lead my children, teach them the ways of Christ. I am a leader, not afraid to step up. I am bold. My prayers are powerful and touch the ears of the Most High God. I am set apart. I am a daughter of the King. I am loved. Hi, guys. That's my face right there. Um, <clears throat> I am Kayla Neal Upshaw, daughter of the King above all kings, saved by grace, defined by the blood of agape love, and a royal heiress to the kingdom that is coming to earth. A woman of confidence that comes from the cross, a spitfire with boldness to speak in truth and love, to love with a fearless fierceness because he loved me first. I am called to pour out what Christ himself has poured into me, serving in the community and neighbors that surround me. I am not here to stay, my work is for heaven. My future is in the right hand of God, I will go where he calls me to go. I am his vessel to be used as he sees. I promise to live in preparation of what's coming, to remain rooted in the depths of his real, authentic, everlasting love, to seek the kingdom above all else. His will be done in forever me. I'm Matt Turpin. 
I am first a son of the Most High, adopted into royalty, loved relentlessly, forgiven immensely, chosen and bought at the highest price. I am gentle in spirit, loving in action, peaceful in speech, radical in mindset with a warrior's heart. I choose to be a light in the workplace, a leader of leaders, to serve low and lift others up. Worship is my lifestyle, not a genre of music. I will draw others into the kingdom. My testimony will set others free and give hope to the hopeless. I will remain firmly rooted in Jesus. In Lansing, I will serve the lost and his church. I will be a father to the fatherless, a brother to those who have no one to look up to. I see myself loving the city one life at a time because I was the one who, who someone went after. I will inspire others to trust Jesus, to sit back and let him make all things new. I will not stop until he has completed the work he started in me. I will rise after every fall. I will believe despite doubt. I will love his church, chase after the one as I live for an audience of one. Hey, my name's Hannah. I am enough because of Christ's sacrifice. I am adored by my great creator. I've been given a voice to proclaim the saving, chain-breaking news of Christ to every nation, tribe, and tongue. I have been gifted with wisdom and discernment from the Lord. I am his hands and his feet to the broken. I am called in this moment of my life to Michigan State Athletic Department to shine and to point lost sheep to the good shepherd. I believe the Lord wants to redeem sports and bring his name glory through competition. He wants to use my time, talents, and treasure to be his hands and feet in this restoration. I am an encourager, motivator, and connector in this journey. The Lord is my strength. The Lord equips and he bestows favor. The Lord is the one who changes lives. I am an instrument in his hands. My name's Kendall. I am chosen, specifically picked to be a part of the royal family. I was beautifully and wonderfully made by my father. He spent time delicately making me. He made me small but gave me a fierce heart, a fierce heart to love and take in the unwanted. I want the unwanted. He gives me a purpose. I am recklessly chased after and pursued. My pursuer has no care for how it'll affect him, but only that he has my whole heart. I am 100% free. I am free to be me. I am delighted in, not just on my good days, but on my bad. I am so loved. I am worth the pursuit. I am worth it to my father. My name is Rob. Uh, I'm alive. I'm alive. I am um, a force. I am forever in Jesus. He is my portion, and nothing can take that away. I'm not average. I have the king's DNA. There is no limit to what he can do in and through me. He has put a new song in my heart, and many will see in fear and put their trust in him. I'm an awesome father. I love my kids. I'm a loving and faithful husband. I'm the luckiest person in the universe to have my wife and my family. God will not disappoint us. I am blessed and called by God. I am wise beyond my years. Fear the beard. I, that's okay, you can laugh. <laughs> like, wait, wait. <laughs> I am a lover and a fighter. I fear nothing. God is with me. 
I am a worshiper and a lover of God. He loves me and he has called me, equipped, and he has equipped me for great things. There is power in the name of Jesus. That same power is inside of me, for he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to free those that are oppressed. I am Jerome, the great son whom he loves. I, I love the people around me, friends and family. I am smart. I see that you are making something greater than I can think, and I won't stop until he makes all things new. Awesome. Let's give them a hand again for just sharing that with us. You guys did amazing. Awesome. Yes. So like I said before, you know, part of the freedom and just hearing that is just knowing that God feels that way about you. We know we're loved. We know that, that we're called to a purpose and that we're, we've been uniquely made. And God is more than willing to, to share with you how uniquely made you are, how much you mean to him. I mean, he knows the amount of hairs on your head to the amount of breaths that you've breathed. God feels that way about you deeply. And it was so awesome to hear Jerome Cyrus, and he's the last one. Isn't that amazing? He's, it's just so, so cool to see that we don't have to wait until we're older to know who God has called us to be and who God says we are. Um, and even in that book, God Has a Name, it talks about how as a parent, at your job is to to show, like, and tell, and, and call out who your child is. And it just reminded me, there's a story um, that a woman, her name is Shannon Castile, that she shared about her son. Um, she's the author of, like, a, a series or, like, a, a, a study and a movement called Brave Love. And her son, she has a son, and at the time he was a toddler, or I'm sorry, not a toddler, a preschooler, and his name's Brave. And she also made it clear that she didn't name the movement after her son. The, the name for her son came first. But her son's name is Brave. Like, that's kind of cool that her son's name is Brave. And so her son came to her and she said, he said, Mom, I'm not going to preschool. She was like, um, sorry? I'm not going to preschool, Mom. And she was like, well, one, you only go three days a week. Two, why? And he goes, well, okay, fine. I'll go to preschool, but I am not brave. So his mom's, of course, inquiring more, and he goes, I'm not brave. Because that's his name, right? It's like, I'm, I will not be called brave if I go back to preschool because I'm not brave. And then his mom starts to tell him this story about she had a baby, gave birth to it, and after giving birth to the child, it died. And of course, you know, that's a traumatic moment for any parent or family member to give birth and that child pass away. And so, of course, through her processing, the Lord told her, if you don't have another child, it's not because I didn't give it to you. It's because you were afraid. So she has this vision or a dream. She sees herself, her husband, and a little boy in between there, the two of them. And God tells her, you will have a son, and his name will be Brave. And so she continues to tell her son, 
this isn't just a name we gave you because we thought it was cool because we want you to be brave. It's because it's who you are. That's who God says you are. He says you're brave. So who does God say you are? You're chosen. You're precious to him. He loves you. And so often we can let our circumstances dictate our identity. And that's a lie straight from the enemy. That's not what God says. Yesterday I went to a museum in Grand, Grand Rapids and it was so like just weird to me because oftentimes you see these spoofs of like people at an art museum and they're like, oh, look at that painting. Oh, it just speaks to me. And it's like six lines. And I'm like, well, it looks like a preschooler did it. But I was like coming up to these different pieces and I just felt so connected to them. And it was because I could identify with it. So there was this one picture where they were like, it was a uh, collection of images on top of each other and it was just so beautiful. You could see the, the silhouette of the trees and the blue sky and the street. And I connected with it because it reminded me of when I first fell in love with Christ. I was in awe of everything, especially the trees. So I would have these moments where we'd be driving on the highway and I'm like, oh my, look at that tree, it's so beautiful. It's nothing like a chair though, you know what I mean? It's a tree. And so as silly as it sounds, it, it, was, it was real for me. I was in awe of God. And so I connected to that. And then there was another piece where there was like a, almost like a sculpting and there was a man and he was half, like half of the body was like a clay color and the other half was white. And I connected with that because of, in my, in my past, I've struggled with my identity. Where do I fit in? Who does society say I am? And so I was just having a good time because I was like, wow, I really appreciate art and I can connect and feel, you know, these, these pieces. And then we get to this one part and there's a lot of art. And, I immediately at the end, I was like, who am I? Where am I in this? Because it was all pictures of white individuals and I, I didn't feel like I belonged. And so immediately I was like, what, where, can, where am I? And I found myself asking that question again, who am I? And it was so easy to almost take the bait and be like, well, society says this is who I am and then get angry. But then I was reminded forever me, I am who he says I am. I was reminded and impacted by the series so much that I actually got a tattoo. And it says, I am who he says I am. And it's in a place where I can be reminded. And I'm a grammar Nazi and the eyes are lowercase and there's a period because it's a sentence and I wanted to make, remind myself, God's word is, what he says about me matters the most, amen? What God says about me is who I am. That's where my identity lies. So I'm gonna share my identity statement I didn't get to last service because I think I was like trying to hold back tears just hearing all these awesome stories and, and words where people you know it's like wow I want to know who God says I am and so the first part is actually from a song so they're not my words but it's truly who I believe God says I am I am who he says I am he is who he says he is. I'm defined by all of his promises. I'm shaped by every word he says. I'm Christy, a follower of Christ. I go where he sends me. I am not alone or forsaken, for God himself is with me. I'm designed by him, the creator, for a specific purpose and time, and that time is now. I live in the present. I am chosen, a royal priesthood, a child of the king. I am worth the life of the maker of heaven and earth, all of creation, the great I am, Yahweh, I'm his, I'm valued. My circumstances do not define me. 
I'm forgiven and I am blessed. All of my needs are met in him. I am called to develop Christ-driven relationships with children through teaching. I am a worshiper, gifted to love, and I won't stop until he makes all things new. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.